what I want to get into is talking about is it okay? You know, is <laughs> is this is it okay for Korean music or the Korean culture or the people of the culture to um, I guess imitate or to take hmm. the elements of hip hop? Mm-hmm. And to make it their own, so I want to talk about that a little bit. I want to unpack sure, that. But sure. in order to unpack that, we have to go back to the beginning of hip hop itself. And welcome to the Happy Project Podcast. I am your host Cedric Skysetti, and right across from me is Becky. Yes, and tonight <laughs> we have a very interesting topic. But before we get into that, if you don't know what the Happy Project podcast is, it's basically a podcast where two half Koreans are talking about what it's like to be half Korean, but we also talk a lot about Korean culture and also other different cultural elements. And so, if you're new to these parts, make sure you subscribe. <laughs> wow, you just skipped to the end. I know, I know. I don't like, know. How, I still don't know how to do this. And this is so like I'm so used to doing YouTube stuff. I know this is so. very YouTubey. I mean, do they? subscribe do you guys subscribe yeah, you when you listen subscribe. to podcasts yeah you subscribe to a podcast or does it follow oh you know speaking of we might as well just bring this up now okay if you guys just find even a little bit of space in your heart to do this head over to itunes where they have the podcast apple podcasts and leave us a review you can rate us five stars is preferable and then leave a review because by doing that then this is how you're able to promote the happy project mm. this is this is the yeah. only like way that they can check oh these guys are actually doing something so if you have that in your heart to do that we implore you and would be really grateful yeah in other words go do that now yeah we'll be right back while we're <laughs> and let's take a break <laughs> cool all right uh, so the opening was uh you Decent. know yeah, it was decent. It was decent, but uh, I'll, I'll get better at it. But today's topic, we're going to be talking about hip hop. Yeah. And we're going to be talking about not only just hip hop in general, but how does it relate to Korean hip hop? Yes. Because hip hop is huge in Korea. It's huge worldwide. Worldwide. Yeah. It's yeah. actually one of the, if not the the most popular genre mm-hmm. by just sheer numbers and downloads and listens, it's mm-hmm. definitely top three. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's a cultural phenomenon. Yeah. It's huge. And we're going to be talking about that tonight, but how is it relevant for us? Yeah. I mean, we are, you know, we talk a lot about Korean culture here. Mm-hmm. We talk about, um, you know, different elements of culture. And since it's a huge part of culture, and with everything going on in the States now, especially, and mm-hmm. even worldwide, we thought this would be a very interesting topic to bring up because yes. hip hop in and of itself as a musical genre, if you will, or as a lifestyle, however you look at it, is, in my opinion, a lot different than, say, any other style of music or genre of music. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. nothing like hip hop. I would agree. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to be getting into it. We're going to be, you know, diving into a little bit of the history. A little bit of the history, a little bit of the background, yeah. and we're going to talk about it going through the ages and how it came into Korea and right. what it looks like today. Yeah, so it's going to be a fun one. I think it's going to be a long one too, but you're going to want to stick around because yes. it's going to be very interesting, Buckle I'm sure. Buckle up, guys. I'm really excited for this episode. You know, okay, so yes, it does have to do. I think it, it was it was um, the, the current situation, U.S., Black Lives Matter movement. This kind of like sparked it in the back of my brain. Yeah. But in reality, it actually 
uh, started when we were having chicken <laughs> all together with the Happy Project team, if you remember. Mm-hmm. And Jay, shout out to Jay, people who have been part of this podcast since the beginning know who Jay is. He was, uh, I think he was saying something about like some hip hop, Korean hip hop artist that we saw on the screen that was mm-hmm. playing in the restaurant, right? And I don't know how we got on the topic, but you guys were like, no, hip hop is something totally different. You can't just come in and sing it and pretend you're hip hop, quote unquote. Right. And I was in my naivety saying like, come on, this is just music appreciation, right? Mimicry is the highest form of flattery. And it can be argued, I would say, both ways. And so sure. that's why we're kind of wading into this territory with a bit of caution. Yeah, I guess it could be argued both ways but i would say in my opinion it depends on the context okay. because for some i don't think it could be argued but okay. we'll get into that we'll get into that we'll get into that but before we start cooks i wrote a little rap mm-hmm. i did okay I, I wrote a little rap just to kind of set the mood <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh <laughs> so i want you to beatbox for me beatbox yeah what kind you, of beat you just want? give me a beat okay okay cool here we go Welcome to the studio. This is the place. I've got the microphone of clarity, culture, and race. We're talking topics of disparity, serious hilarity. We travel every continent to comment on the content of the cases, the people, the current situations. We rendezvous with those who know the history of their nations. It's messy. There are those who will object, so leave your story, get informed, and listen to the Happy Project. Oh, snap. Yeah. You got bars. I wrote that today. Really? Yeah. Man. That was for you guys. I think I think that was that was kind of hip hop. You liked it? Yeah, but you know the true son of of a real MC <laughs> is going off the dome. I know, and I knew you were going to say that. Really? And I was like, you know, <laughs> in order to pretend that I'm actually doing this off my head, I should memorize it. But I, I don't know. I chickened out I think a we bit. could. We could Even tell. Even regardless. You, oh, you mm-hmm. can tell. Yeah, you can tell. There is no way that I could ever call myself a real MC. Mm-hmm. But that was my kind of... Oh, that was good. That was good. How was my beatboxing though? Not bad. Yeah? I liked it. Yeah. yeah. I like how you beatbox, you know, once in a while. Okay. I really cool. appreciate that. I do it for you anytime. Thanks. All right. So, <laughs> very nice little introduction that there. That is the intro. But let's move on. Let's talk a little bit about hip-hop and Korea. Okay, so before we get into a little bit of the history of hip hop as a whole, let's talk about hip hop in Korea because it's uh, like we mentioned, it's such a huge phenomenon here in Korea. Yeah. In, not only in its own like Korean hip hop genre, but also in just the pop side mm. in general. You know, so I think every time you have a new group coming out, there's always going to be singers and there's always going to be like someone rapping. Right. I In feel the name like, of, I guess, hip hop style. Right, right, right. Like with K-pop, more like this. Um, I don't know exactly when that kind of happened because we had like people who were rapping and being street and hip hop. I'm doing yeah. quotation marks here if you can't see that. But I mean, having like that one rapper part of the K-pop group. I don't know when that started, but now it's so common, right? Yeah. I mean, it started from the very beginning. Oh, really? Yeah, it did really it? Did. Oh, mm-hmm. from the very beginning. OK, yeah. well, maybe we should backtrack a bit. How did things start in Korea? Okay. Okay, cool. So in Korea, and I feel somewhat qualified to talk about this because okay. I was I was in, I guess, the very beginning days mm-hmm. when I was living and growing up in the States. 
I used to uh, listen to Korean music that mm-hmm. my mom would help me get yeah. through the Korean markets because they would import the Korean tapes at the time. Mm-hmm. We had tapes. So, um, yeah, so it basically started with a group called Soteji Wa Aidul, which means like Soteji and the boys. Soteji and the boys. Yeah, that was their English translation. Right. And they were the ones that most people would credit for bringing in not only hip hop, but just K pop as we know it today, <laughs> modern day K pop. <laughs> now, before that, uh, Korean music was very, very ballady, a lot of ballads. Uh, yeah. I mean, there were we a lot of ballads some, like, because. Trot, like, throat. Uma? Yeah, so 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 the thing is, there was a lot of ballads. Yeah, but the main, I guess, the most popular music style was trot music, mm-hmm. and I don't know how to describe it, but <laughs> I think <laughs> the best way uh-huh. to do it is to like demonstrate. What? Are, how are you gonna? I do don't know. Like right like now? vocally, it's it's kind of like very wavy and like ah. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that didn't work out the way I uh, pictured it in what my head. What was that? I mean, you know what I was trying to do, right? <laughs> I know dun, what you're trying to do. Okay, there we go. That, that was better. Yeah, yeah. Having a little bit of beat like that. That yeah. was a little better. Yeah. Ooh, cooks. I mean, my mom was, <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm sweating. Oh, wow. That was very funny. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. So Trot was like a good very effort, popular, effort. popular style. Yeah, it was really popular. It was kind of like the early folksy pop. Yeah. We were coming out of this, like, you know, we had in, I want to say, like, the 50s and 60s era, you had a lot of music that was kind of patriotic, right? Or, like, um, people who were protesting. The protest songs were really popular. Mm. And then this pop influence was coming in, and that was, yeah, that's how they were doing it. Like, right. Dun, 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 yeah. Dun, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it should be noted that there was a little bit of Western influence from the military coming so in. So much. Yeah, so after yeah. the Korean War. And um, to my surprise, actually researching for this show, uh, some of the things that I didn't know was pre like Soteji era. Mm-hmm. So this is like pre 1992 era. He debuted in what 90? 1990? 1992. Yeah. So like pre that era, there was actually um, there were a lot of not a lot, but there were like some artists that would attempt to si- attempt to sing English uh, uh, uh-uh. in their songs, yeah. and there were also some artists that would actually. Do rap. a little rap. Yeah. yeah. You know who you're talking about? Uh, um Hong Bam in his song Kim Zatkat. It was like an early uh-huh. rap. Yeah. And it's funny because he's wearing like a kind of suit. Like a suit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he's just like bobbing his head and rapping to the music. Yeah. It's yeah. very Korean. Like there's no flow. Yeah. Very Korean. Like no swag. Yeah. No swag. And that yeah. was 1989. And it's as cringy as you could probably imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it was cute. It was a good effort. Yeah, definitely. Nice so, beat. so obviously they were influenced by the West. Yes. Somehow, some way. Well, actually, let me let me jump in there. Mm-hmm. So around Yongsan, we had you know the Yongsan military base, and in Itaewon area, you know people wonder now like, well, Itaewon is like a hot spot. Yeah. Um, for parties and clubs and that kind of thing. Well, actually, there were some clubs that were specifically for the American GI. And so they would come out to these clubs in Itaewon, and that's where they'd party it up. And, of course, to cater to the American GIs, they would play American music. So, mm. like, Michael Jackson, huge time, right? And so they, that's how they would enjoy themselves and dance and that kind of thing. Eventually, those clubs started getting opened up to um, Korean people, too, who could start to come. So they were getting exposed to, oh, wow, like, this kind of dancing, oh, this kind of music. And um, this is where, actually, b-boying became more popular in Korea. 
Oh. They learned those dance moves from some American GIs, right? So there was, you can see this cross influence was happening mm. at that time. I think the perfect example, if we're going to metaphor this, um, there was a, a type of car in Korea that was called, <laughs> it's going to sound like I'm cursing, but I'm not. This was the real name. Shi Pai. Shi from Shijak. Pai from Chubai, which means like ah. start, go, start, go takeoff kind mm-hmm. of thing so the, the car was actually created they took the best parts of the american jeep from okay. the military leftover bits they put it together tuck, 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 and created a, a more superior car mm-hmm. and this is kind of what i consider the metaphor to how korea took hip-hop okay. they took the bits and pieces here and there and they kind of i don't know how you want to say it glamorized it right made it korean right this this is how i metaphor yeah, I think Korea. that's. I would. I would agree with you. I think mm-hmm. yeah. it was just very interesting to see the, I guess, pre nineteen ninety two era mm-hmm. of music. But again, mostly it was trot. But then, uh, in nineteen ninety two, their debuts a band which is Hoteji Soteji, and the Boys, yeah. and they came out actually on this like video uh, or music contest show. Yeah, and you know, so they had to perform in front of a panel of judges, uh-huh. and so it's basically three guys. You know, just very Korean-looking guys. Actually, I think they were dressed up in suits. One was a lady, that, too. One of the judges was yeah, a lady. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I mean, like, Soteji, and then uh, they were Soteji all dressed up. And, um, yeah, so I remember they, you know, made the performance. And after the performance, the judges most mostly just kind of ripped them. It was like, <laughs> they yeah, did. this is not this is not relevant this is not i think someone said like your sound is bad like (laughs) just straight up yeah and Mm -hmm. you can see the look on their face they're like oh you know pretty discouraged Mm -hmm. but uh i'm telling you right after that performance like i think within a matter of weeks and months Mm -hmm. uh you know they kept at it and they actually became very popular super super quickly and so what made them special was they brought in uh, hip hop elements from the states mm-hmm. or from the west, and so they not only did like R and B type of, I guess beats, not beats, but like uh, just like singing and hooks, uh-huh. but they also rapped, uh-huh. right? So Soteji was yeah. the main vocalist, uh-huh. and then like the boys, they were mostly backup dancers, dancers. and backup vocalists. The dancing is so cute. Yeah, and sometimes they would sing too, but uh, Soteji was the main guy. Mm-hmm. So he brought in rap, and he was also a producer, very good musician. He actually played in a uh, metal rock band prior oh, to. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, He's got that weird metal hard rock. Yeah, song. yeah. So he was he was already like in the zone of like being outside of the box, mm-hmm. outside of the norm, outside of the status quo. Right. So he brings in um, just the hip hop sound mm. from the states, and begins to you know tailor it to I guess their own style. So this was the birth of K-pop as we know it. Well, to he's, include yeah, Korean he's called hip-hop. the father of uh, K-pop, isn't yeah. he? So yeah. he's kind of like the the sparking of it. Right. And so I remember being a kid listening to the first album. Nan Arayo. Yeah, exactly. And it, <laughs> it was so dope and um what also made this I guess very uh native to what hip-hop is is the fact that he sampled okay he all right samples you just like up. yeah yeah just like uh any hip-hop artist would do back in the states he he used samples yeah. and he actually sampled from uh just to name a few he sampled from public enemy oh. and nan arayo yeah oh. so he sampled flavor flaves part in uh, i forgot the name of the song mm-hmm. but um yeah he sampled the uh yeah boy because oh, that okay. was flavor Flav, okay. uh-huh. right 
And um, they, he also sampled from like Heavy D and the Boys. Mm-hmm. So different hip hop elements from the states he sampled. Mm. So they exploded within that first year of coming yeah. onto the scene. Well, Sateji, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I mean, and then from there, you start to see other groups pop up. Yeah. Yeah, other artists who began to rap and began to take on this hip hop style. You can even see in their first debut, Nan Arayo, mm-hmm. they're wearing like these baggy pants. Like they're trying to be street, which you weren't seeing at all on mm-hmm. the Korean stages or like the music videos. Like no. we just said prior to that, 1989, you know, Hong Sobam, who was quote unquote rapping, he's dressed up in a suit, even though the girls back are like, you know, doing their thing and dancing. Yeah. You didn't see this, you know, like street look. And they were not only influential musically, but also aesthetically. Like it, it brought in a, a whole new look. Mm-hmm. And they were specifically influenced by the hip hop scene right. that was happening in the States. Right. And just a few more things to note about Sotteji is mm-hmm. there's another song. I forget the name of the song. It's It's been so, I'm so rusty with my Sotteji, but Can you sing it? Uh, maybe next time. <laughs> but they're... Um, uh, one of their songs off their first album, or it might have been their second album. Uh, I remember the music video. They actually had like some foreigners or Westerners in the video. Oh, okay. Yeah, they had this black dude, I, I remember. And they were all dressed in baggy pants like mm-hmm. Sateji mm-hmm. and, the, and the boys. And um, one of them tended to uh, have dreads in his oh, hair, Oh, yeah. Too. You know, I think I saw photos. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, um, so they really picked up this style mm. that, the you know, that is pretty much known to hip-hop in the states mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um but yeah uh and fun fact is uh one of the members of the group he started yg entertainment yeah. a couple of years later so yeah, that's yeah. uh yang hyunsok he has a huge influence on the music scene today exactly so uh one of the big three music companies mm. he started mm. and um you know he got into some heat like in the last few years but uh, anyways, that company is still doing well, still mm-hmm. thriving and pushing out idol groups, which obviously have, um, you know, a lot of influence from hip hop. So you could see the relationship from everything starting with Sateji in the beginning. Mm. Yeah. So that's, I think, the very beginning of not only K-pop, but Korean hip hop. I will have to agree with that. I would say the person who took it and then ran with it was Drunken Tiger. Mm-hmm. A huge... Um, I guess like influencing factor was not just what was happening in Korea, but also like we said, the American GIs, their influences here, and as well Korean Americans. Because if we look at hip hop and rap in the U.S., if we look at it historically, you know, you can break it down into what four parts. You have like DJs, uh, MCs. These are like the people who are rapping. Um, and then you had graffiti and you had uh, b-boys and the MCs and the lyrics this is really important Mm -hmm. to Mm hip-hop what are you saying you are lyrically expressing yourself you're saying Sateji wasn't like but this is this is not (laughs) this is not what I'm saying I'm saying that um, there's something extremely intrinsic to Mm. the the lyricism of rap music i would say and so uh korean americans who could speak both english and korean would be taking these lyrics this uh this stylized way of speaking or singing that you're singing in hip-hop and it was coming over into korean 
music and becoming more mainstream with Drunken Tiger and his wife, Yoon Mire, who's actually half Korean, half black. Mm-hmm. And she is notably noticed, some people say, the greatest rapper in Korea. Right. But the, the thing that I found so distinct about her is that she speaks both English and Korean. Right. So she was able to directly take those influences from English lyrics right. in the hip-hop scene. So th- this is why I'm seeing this huge crossover happening. Right, yeah, that's a good point. And that was years after Soteji first this debuted. Was, yeah, so this late was 90s, like early late 2000s 90s. is yeah. when they really came on the scene. Yeah. Well, actually, no, Yoon Mire was, um, she she came out kind of mid to late 90s. Yeah. She was part of, uh, what was the group name? Like Uptown something. Oh, was it? Yeah, oh, I mean, okay. she, that, like, I think the group, or she was part of several different groups, mm. but... Um, yeah, before she really went solo. Um, but yeah, so so you could see like the, I, I guess if you look at it from a macro level, you could see just the evolution of hip hop in Korea mm-hmm. from Soteji and really the bubble gum, like it's not really, like the lyrics aren't really that meaningful to be honest, up yeah. until um, you get a little bit closer to the 2000s right. and beyond. You know, I looked up that actually, lyrics. That? So, okay. I know I keep jumping back and forth between like Western hip hop, Korean hip hop, but um, so something that's notable again about Western hip hop, a lot of people will say like, oh, there's so much cursing and violence in the language, da, 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 da. and we can get more into that later if we want to. But I was curious because when they have uh, English lyrics in Korean hip hop or rap, a lot of times the cursing is only happening in the English portion. Mm. So I actually looked <laughs> up "yok manen nore chuchan." songs that have a lot of cursing yeah and i wanted to see what songs they would provide because if you see even rap music in korea the lyrics are hardly ever cursing this and that you know Mm -hmm. f this f that but you're gonna hear that all the time in uh english lyrics right and so i was like that's very interesting that mostly for example there was uh jiko he i think he released a song and it's always like you can't f with my team but everything is in english when he's cursing right but when in korean there's None of that cursing going on. Oh, we're going to talk about him in a bit. Okay, all right. Yeah, we, we're going to talk <laughs> we, we'll about get him into that. for sure. Yeah, so um, just to kind of sum up, uh, hip-hop in Korea, you know, you, you go from Soteji to where we are now, and hip-hop is not only its own genre here, but also it's just, it's just within the pop struggle. Mm-hmm. You know, it's quite normal to have an idol girl group that's mostly pop to have like a dedicated rapper because mm-hmm. most of these idol groups the way they manufacture out let's use that term the way they manufacture these groups is every person has their own persona and their role usually mm-hmm. and there's always usually a dedicated rapper mm-hmm. you look at bts you look at um like the you know older generation super junior you look at girls generation mm-hmm. i mean there's c uh 21 cl from 21 mm-hmm. i mean there's always like a dedicated rapper yeah and um, so hip hop and rap has just is pretty much a permanent part of what K-pop is. What we consider K-pop. Yeah. And so this is very important. Now, uh, what I want to get into is talking about is it okay? You know, is <laughs> is this is it okay for Korean music or the Korean culture or the people of the culture to uh, I guess imitate or to take hmm the elements of hip-hop mm-hmm. and to make it their own so i want to talk about that a little bit i want to unpack sure, that but sure. in order to unpack that we have to go back to the beginning of hip-hop itself yes because you know i think we would agree that hip-hop like we mentioned earlier i feel like hip-hop is different than any other genre mm. and um, there are reasons for that and i think it's because of 
how it originated and we're not going to get into details but there's no way there's i mean there's no way yeah in just a couple of minutes covering it but um you know it could be argued the the i guess the beginnings or the origins of hip-hop but i think most would agree that it originated in manhattan specifically in bronx in the bronx right and so again there are people that would argue well you know it originated elsewhere prior to maybe the 70s like some people will say that was directly influenced from djs in jamaica yeah yeah like the like they will you can definitely see the strains here from jamaica some parts of africa coming in and being influenced right you're influencing right yeah yeah so i mean it's it's just important to note that during this time um in the 70s mid to late 70s whenever people thought of new york they and when I say people, I mean people outside of New York, they would kind of glamorize it, you know, because hmm. uh, they thought of Manhattan as, you know, obviously the Big Apple. This is where, like, all the stars went out to Frank play. Frank Sinatra singing song. Yeah. Dun, dun, yeah, dun, exactly. Dun, and dun. a big time uh, or a big thing that people used to do was to go clubbing. Mm-hmm. And disco was a thing at the time. Disco. Right. So a lot of the people who would constantly go out and, you know, be a part of, like, disco would be people who are either celebrities or people who... Uh, they weren't doing so bad in life, you mm-hmm. know, in Manhattan. Let's put it that way. And you had people of all colors, of mm-hmm. course. But, um, you know, there was another element to New York that a lot of people didn't really recognize or realize. And that mm-hmm. was what was happening in the Bronx. And so in the Bronx, um, you know, they weren't doing so well as the rest of Manhattan. Let's put it like that, especially in the 70s with a lot of the, you know, violence, the danger uh, some of the drugs that was starting to happen. Police brutality. Yeah, police brutality for sure. Mm-hmm. And so the way hip-hop started, um, again, it could be argued, was uh, really with house parties. Yes. Yeah, with house parties. I would say house parties. So you have a DJ there, and uh, you get a group of people from the Bronx together who you know may not have a lot of money, may not be doing so well in life, but they can get together and have a good time. Right. It's kind of a distraction, I'd say. Right, right. And, uh, you know, they credit DJ Cool Herc mm-hmm. as the person that really started it all. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I just think it's so cool what he did. That blew my mind yeah. because, you know, I DJ. Yeah. And when I heard, when I was watching, like, about the how using the vinyls for DJing, and when he just had that that stroke of inspiration where... If I play this beat again and again on the other vinyl, then I can repeat yeah. the, the break. And I was like, even I was thinking, that's incredible. Exactly. I mean, it was sick because uh, these early DJs really starting with Cool Herc. And mm-hmm. then, um, you know, a little later on, you have Grandmaster, Grandmaster Flash, Flash hopping onto the scene. What they would do is they would begin to manipulate certain styles of music. First of all, they wouldn't really focus on the popular music at the time mm-hmm. at these parties. What they would do is they would find records mostly like funk Mm. and like r&b soul type of records you have like the james brown was a big one Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right and they would find and fire yeah exactly they Mm -hmm. would find like um parts of the record to be able to spin and to play and these parts would be called the break because it's the music break where the the drums would just kind of like Mm -hmm. do its thing you know when they're not singing they like sing 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 maybe have a little chorus and they have the break like right (laughs) like that and so they would just play that part over and over and over right, again. Right, right. And so so they figured out how to do this on the turntables. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they rarely ever just did it by themselves. They would have maybe a partner in crime there. So, for example, uh, you have Cool Herc 
uh, he would have this guy named Coke Rock. Oh, okay, yeah. That was his partner, right? And Coke Rock was known for doing like shout outs at these parties. So he would be on the mic shouting people out, just like saying, oh, you know, I don't know, Becky from Cali, right. you know, blah, blah, blah. Right. Just kind of making it fun and, and rhyming. It's kind of like, like giving credit too. Who's mm-hmm. the guy playing? And this actually, they traced it back to what I was saying, the DJs in Jamaica. Mm-hmm. So like when somebody's playing, someone would come on the mic and they would be like, oh, there's my man, something, something, DJ, something, ah, something, right? Okay. And so it was kind of like, woo, shouting, hyping it up right. a bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was sort of really, honestly, kind of the origin of what we know today because you have, now you have a DJ who's playing beats and then mm-hmm. you have a guy who's emceeing. Yeah. And he's just starting to rhythmically just play with words on the mic, getting mm-hmm. the crowd hype. Mm-hmm. And that was really the birth of what we know today as rapping. Eventually transformed into rapping. Right, yeah. right. You know, so, it became on the turntables. It actually used to be the, the DJ and the MC were the same person. Mm, but yeah. when um, Cool Herc figured out that you could you know oh repeat 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 you were just getting too busy yeah, on the turntables no kind of grandmaster yeah. flash he really took the art and perfected it and so they were too busy <laughs> working the dj so they got somebody else to take the mic and yeah. do the emceeing right yeah that's so, like a separation yeah so these parties these house parties that started out in an apartment in the bronx mm-hmm. started to you know outgrow itself and yeah. they would start to do parties outside block parties and then really just became a big thing in the Bronx and it started to really spread, you know, throughout Manhattan. And mm-hmm. we won't get into details of like how it really spread, but mm-hmm. just know that that was sort of the origins. And what we want to really stress is uh, with hip hop and with how it started and why it started, you, you know, it's important to note that it started with a group of people who uh, were in a situation where, you know, they didn't have much. They were in a situation where they were systemically oppressed in many ways. Mm-hmm. They were in a situation where, um, they were, you know, many of them were constantly harassed mm-hmm. or felt like they weren't safe. So it was birthed out of this sort of like oppression. Uh, I and- would say form of resistance against the authorities. Mm. This is kind of how I, f- I feel mm-hmm. about it. Right. I mean, you can stretch it one way or the other. One way is saying like, we just want to have fun. Yeah. We just want to forget our hard times. And then, you know, you have people who are just having fun. Then it gets to the other strong side where they're actually publicly decrying um, authority figures. This is when you're going to have like public enemy, for example. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, it's just important to note that, um, it starts with a group of people who had an idea, mm-hmm. who did it together mm-hmm. and it was something that they can call their own. Mm-hmm. And so this is very important when we're talking about hip hop in Korea, you know, so we're going to tie that in, in a little bit, but it, again, we have to know who started it. We have to give credit where credit is due. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where, Um, A lot of people sort of miss it because they don't really know hip hop as, say, a culture. They just know it as a style of music, you know, many people. Right. Uh, To briefly, is there any way that we could briefly just explain to maybe if we have some K-poppers who are listening who Mm -hmm. might not fully understand or haven't delved into this? How would you just roundly wrap up hip hop culture? Um, I, I don't know if I could really wrap it up mm-hmm. um, because I think for some it means one thing and for others it's mm-hmm. maybe a lot more deeper. But mm-hmm. I think hip hop culture is uh, it's a culture where, again, it started with a group of people, namely African-Americans, uh, who 
had an art form that they could call their own, that they can express not only ways to, um, I guess, describe their current situation in their life, but also express their freedom and mm. just their way of having fun. Mm. And for others, they were able to express or are able to express, um, I guess, social is issues mm -hmm. social commentary. and call out certain injustices, right? Social commentary. Mm -hmm. And it's a creative way to do that. Yeah. Right. And so there's a lot of meaning and depth. And, you know, to even go deeper for some, it's a lifestyle and it's even like a religion, mm -mm -mm. hip hop. Yeah. Right. So um, so there is a spectrum there. But ultimately, I think what the foundation is, is it stems from a group of people who created it and called it their own. And, it, and this group of people, they're used to um, always sort of not having access to things, not having mm -hmm. access to the same equalities. Mm -hmm. You know, they're used to suffering I, in many I ways. I pulled up this article that was trying to explain like um, <laughs> history of hip hop. Um, I learned a lot, by the way, researching this, like in a span of what, two weeks, we started about two weeks ago, mm -hmm. we were watched Hip Hop Evolution, the documentary on Netflix, and I was doing My all kinds time, of yeah. reading. I, I, I just feel like I zoomed so much information in my brain in a short mm -hmm. amount of time. And it was really incredible and fascinating. Yeah. This one article, it was from Stanford Education website. Um, but I just wanted to pull out a, a couple of, of lines that I took from that article that I feel like maybe encapsulates it a bit. But they said in the Bronx, there were race riots, urban renewals, arson, uh, government neglect, wiped out education and social service programs. And hip hop became an international symbol of urban despair, which I thought was a really strong statement. Mm -hmm. But from what we had watched in that documentary, for example, and the things that I had been reading, I don't know if that's such a stretch of the imagination. And another one was talking about Africa Pambara, right? He mm -hmm. was one of the DJs who created Zulu Nation. Right. And he, it says here that he vowed to use hip hop to draw poor, angry kids out of gangs. Mm -hmm. And right. quote, he was stopping bullets with turntables. Right. So he was a gang member so, who actually did that. And so how yeah. using music to reach out to the disenfranchised youth. Yeah. So I, I think if we look at it from that point of view, suddenly we see, at least I did doing this mm -hmm. research, suddenly I saw the incredible depth and importance sure. of hip hop. Right. And yeah, that had to have been mentioned too, because um, there's so much meaning and purpose in the music and in the lyrics. Mm -hmm. And the people who represent hip-hop it's their life it's their reality it's their truth mm. and they speak and they rap and they you know play music they dance out of that truth and that mm -hmm. reality and i think you can sum it up with one word authentic mm. it's authenticity mm -hmm. for them isn't there another phrase that people are always throwing around keeping it real keeping <laughs> you it know real? when yeah, they say yeah, like yeah. oh i'm just real. keeping it real right with your lyrics gotta keep it real <laughs> right and so, um, I mean, you can go 
throughout the decades of hip hop music and sure. really see the different, uh, I guess, evolutions of hip hop, you yeah. know, from the, you know, mid to late eighties where, uh, you know, the introduction of gangster rap and mm. really talking a lot about, again, the social injustices Influence of the black Panthers. Right. Right. So you have NWA, you have public enemy who are very uh, political mm -hmm. in their raps and Tupac then was coming in. Oh yeah. Tupac. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you just go through all of that and you could just see the incredible depth. And again, like you mentioned, just the lyrics and the messages behind it. Mm -hmm. And so when you think about that and you think about, about hip hop in that light with everything that we mentioned, and then you compare that to what's going on in Korea. And we're talking about Korea because mainly we're living in Korea yeah. and we're half Korean. But also Korean K-pop and rap, Korean rap, is sweeping the nation yeah, uh, sweeping the world yeah this is why i think it should be discussed right right so you know now with everything that's said you know i want to talk about this idea of cultural appropriation all right we're st stepping into some sticky ground i mean no you know ultimately it's um what do you think it is what cultural appropriation i think it is the um, the taking, or if I could put it politely, the borrowing of <laughs> uh -huh. maybe an element or something in this context of someone else's culture and taking that maybe without giving respect or even um, credit to the original culture and taking it even a step further, capitalizing on that, mm. monetizing it, making money off of that. Um, I mean, there's different ways that you could spin it, but I think it's really just taking from another culture or another person without respects to the origin mm -hmm. or giving it credit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, I think cultural appropriation because the, the act of uh, mimicking mm -hmm. or being inspired by another culture or another person, another music genre, as you can see, hip hop is sampling from you know, disco, R&B, you could argue, hey, they're mm -hmm. a totally different culture and genre. You guys are stealing. That's musical appropriation. You could argue that, right? Mm -hmm. But I, I think it's it's mostly about power. Mm -hmm. I think it's when the person who is appropriating yeah. is taking it from the oppressed and using something the oppressed use as their own voice. You are taking that and then being awarded for it culturally, artistically, monetarily. People say, oh, wow, what a great job. Look at you, the white man who's rapping. <laughs> right. But is he is he showing respect where it's due? And where did he take that from? Right. I, I fear this is what we see in not just Korea, but a lot of Asian hip hop artists. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, there are, again, you always have a spectrum of opinion, like, black culture or i shouldn't even say black culture because there isn't one black culture mm. but um you know black people when it comes to like hip-hop they're they're not a monolith it's it's not just one way to view it right. there's a spectrum you have some people that'll look at korean hip-hop or rappers in korea and be like oh snap that's sick that's tight it's cool that they you know got inspired off of hip-hop mm. and they're making it their own you have others that are like these are posers these are right. fakes right. You know, and then you have some people in between, which I tend to fall kind of in between. You're kind of in between. Okay. Just it depends on the context yeah. and who it is, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like, are, is it your lack of sensitivity towards other culture, or are you emulating your her heroes? Right. You know, 
Right. And so, I mean, this is this can get really philosophical and I don't think I have a, an answer really, mm. but I have a lot of things to really just consider when it comes to people who are in, I guess, Korean culture who are into hip hop. A lot of things to consider. Okay. So, um, you know, when I look at artists, let's let's take modern day artists, um, you know, because Korean hip hop and Korean music has in terms of quality, in terms of creativity. I mean, it's almost second to none, you mm-hmm. know, um, the production is really good. As a matter of fact, a lot of the producers sometimes are from the United States. So, you know, collab mm-hmm. with producers yeah. in the States. I mean, Girls' Generation, like 10 years ago, did a collab with Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg was on the Really? Trip. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> bring the bring the boys out, That's the remix funny. or whatever. So, yeah. um, but when I look at certain artists uh, that dress a certain way that might be having a bandana on and just kind of like mm. you know you you could tell that they're really acting like they're from the street mm-hmm. but they were born and raised in korea which is not to say you can't have hardships and growing up on the street in korea no by not at means. all not at all but yeah. it's <laughs> here's the thing i don't know any hood areas in korea well, when not, I say not hood, now. When I say hood, well, we're talking in this context, right? Mm-hmm. Like with artists today. Uh, when I say hood, like, you know, people have grown up and they still grow up and they still live in, you know, the hood. In other words, like places where it may not be, they may not have access to resources mm-hmm. or, you know, whether it be systemic racism mm-hmm. or, you know, as a product of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, just these areas that, I know that don't exist in Korea, mm-hmm. let's just say. Mm-hmm. But they they try to portray like they're from these areas in the States. Yeah. I have an issue with that. Yeah. You know, because I'm like, well, you're not being authentic. It's like, um, again, Jay had said this that's really stuck in my head. He said, I don't mind if you want to wear that kind of clothes. I don't mind if you want to sing that kind of music, but don't come up on a TV show acting like you're so hard. And then when the producer says something to you, you're just like, oh, they son been in. Your attitude right. suddenly becomes so like, oh, yes, polite right. and servile. Yeah, right. yeah, it doesn't match, I, in my opinion. So mm-hmm. I agree with that. Um, you know, so yeah, on one hand, I, I do understand and i do think that a lot of artists um do appreciate and they do uh, look up to the certain culture but i think the way they look at it is they look at like hip-hop as a style only Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. they look at it as fashion Mm -hmm. um they don't know anything about the origin they don't know anything about the message or the meaning behind uh, a lot of the people representing hip-hop yeah but they just look at it as just a fashion. I want to, again, read another quote that I pulled up. And this also, I think, is, is wrapping up exactly what you're saying. This was Taeyang from Big Bang mm-hmm. in 2012. He said, I'm not black, so I'll probably have to have more experiences and go through more pain if I want to express the sentiments, emotions, and soul that black people have through my music. That's why I believe that pain and suffering will make my music richer. So in short, what he is saying is like, in order to replicate black culture and to profit from black culture, I have to endure a certain level of hardship, which just shows how limited his understanding, maybe now is different, this is 2012, Right. His limited understanding of what is actually the history and roots of hip hop. Right. It's kind of like, oh, I should go through a hard time too so that I right. can sing as well as you guys do so about all hard black things. People who you know? Or in hip hop go through hard times or you know, like mm. um yeah, I and I think that just goes to show that him as well as many others are ignorant. 
they just don't know mm. right so a lot of these artists and a lot of people i guess in korean hip-hop they're they're just ignorant they just don't know mm-hmm. um and you know i can somewhat excuse that i guess <laughs> you i feel like i'm physically watching you dance around the mines no like, no no. i mean i'm just trying to consider all sides honestly yeah. i'm trying to be empathetic here um but i mean i'll blast someone who needs to be blasted oh, okay. like i'm about to blast you know as a matter of fact let's bring because you brought up zico okay right? oh yeah uh-huh. um so he's he's a korean i guess rapper yes who um uh, who tries to portray a super thug like when i say thug i mean like uh like he tries in his mind to be a thug or he, he even released some diss tracks let's not even get into that <laughs> Really? So he has a song where you look mad. <laughs> he has a song where he's wearing like bandana. All right, the music video is called Tough Cookie. You guys okay. can look it up if uh-huh. you want, right? He has he's wearing his bandana. I mean, he's got like different scenes and stuff like that where he's different, wearing different outfits. But he's like flicking the camera off. He's like swearing like crazy in English, mm-hmm. right? And he's trying to look hard. I mean, the the title of the song is Tough Cookie. Like he's bad. He's tough. He's skinny dude. You know, he's all tatted up and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And um, you know the funny thing is he he is literally i guess imitating or taking on what the black culture has given him mm. but the irony is in one of the scenes and this is where i had a problem he was wearing a jacket and they had a confederate flag on the jacket oh it's ironic it's very ironic do you, you think know he I mean? knew when he was wearing that probably not because it be seemed honest. oh i guess just probably a fashion not statement. but that goes to show that before you dip your toes in this territory there needs to be education mm. and that i think you know again i can give him maybe a pass even though i think he needs to sit down because it's like <laughs> dude you're not being authentic you didn't grow up like that here in korea you did it well you want to know what's funny about jiko actually is uh, the diss track that mm-hmm. i mentioned I pulled out one of his lines, which basically saying basically he's warning other rappers and specifically idol rapper like rappers from idol groups mm-hmm. saying don't copy my style. He's saying he's above the rest. He's authentic. Um, and one of the lines he says, "Show me the money, cheat sodo hanguk tepyo," which basically means like even without the "show me the money" cheat key, I'm still the representative of Korea. So this is really dissing people who appear on the "show me the money." Yeah. Which, if people, if you guys don't know, this was a really popular show, and maybe it still is. I actually know a couple of people who appeared on it. Mm-hmm. Um, this was supposed to be a way for underground rappers to be shown on public TV and to compete, and then that would, you know, launch yeah. their mainstream career. That was the point of Show Me the Money. Right. Yeah. So he's even Man. mentioning that, like, oh, I don't even use Show Me the Money, and I'm still a representative of Korea. Oh, drop the mic. What a district. He needs to sit down. <laughs> He needs to sit down because, like, I want to put him in the setting that he's trying to emulate. emulate. He wouldn't last a second. You know, so things like that I have a problem with. Mm. And he doesn't even know probably the extent of why I have a problem with it. Mm. But, you know, he's not the only one. And it goes to really just being educated. And so I think it's more of a even a systemic issue here in Korea. And what Mm. I mean by that is, or I should say, I don't know if systemic is the right word, maybe systematic, a product of 
the systems that set up in the entertainment industry here right, right. there's no education there's no cultural awareness when right. it comes to these things a lot of these uh rappers in the k-pop idol groups they're not musicians right they are industrialized notions exactly that's what it is right that's what it is. i mean they don't you know many of them they probably don't even really come up with their own persona mm. you know it's kind of given that's to true. them you yeah, know they they true. have stylists they have so i think it's more of an issue of the system mm. that is set up here and i think Honestly, at this point, there needs to be some sort of change. Well, the thing is, I, I think it's too late for that. I think it's too late for change. I don't think it's too late for education. It's mm -hmm. never too late. It's never too late to change your mindset about the kind of music you're making. Yeah. However, I think that K-pop, hip-hop, in which actually in Korea they separate it. When you look up hip-hop, you have mm -hmm. hip-hop, which is like uh, country hip-hop, like our country yeah. hip-hop, and then wiggle hip-hop, which means foreign hip-hop. Even when you look in the search engines, you can tell the difference, what they right. recognize, what is kungne hip-hop and wiggle hip-hop. And I think that now it's just been here so long, taken through so many hands, so many transformations, polished really well, and given its own Korean flair, that right. it is something different. Right. I mean, it's under the umbrella. I do think in some sense it was appropriated, but now it's kind of transformed into something else. Yeah, I could see that. I can see that. It just has a style. Yeah. And even as a fashion, you know. And right. so that's, that's the other side that I can see. And again, I don't have a hard stance one way or the other. I just kind of judge it by the context. But like Chico, he, he can sit down. <laughs> you know, I, I will say that. He can sit his okay. tail down. Ooh, any but, Chico um, fans here. Yeah, but again, I understand why he's the way he is yeah you know and i so i because the can't... thing is he's also a product of this culture exactly exactly and so um you know i can have a little bit of mm. patience or probably understanding is a better word yeah but i don't think it's necessary i don't think it's right my hope with the black lives matter movement that taking so much like a uh, global notice we have been talking about all of these things like cultural appropriation you know depending on how you look at it here in korea you know hip-hop artists almost like mimicking emulating certain um styles or what they consider to be quote-unquote black culture hip-hop culture and pretending it's the real them mm -hmm. when it's not authentic and up to now maybe it's been okay let it slide right mm. like oh you took it for your own but with the Black Lives Matter movement, these these ideals or these things that original hip hoppers, original rappers were saying and singing about and writing about is now it's still relevant today. Right. And we're seeing that with the Black Lives Matter movement. You know, it's crazy. I was listening to Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five and their mm -hmm. song, The Message. You watch that music video and you listen to the lyrics. And I was thinking, this feels so relevant to mm. what's happening to so many people today. What happened? How come 30 years later, why wasn't there any change? Yeah, 40 years 40 later. 40 years later. How come, how come it's still like a, a rallying song to what, what we're witnessing happening mm. right now with the Black Lives Matter movement? And... I, I find it a suspicious silence in the Korean rappers, hip hop community. Sure, you've got like BTS donating $1 million, you know, to the Black Lives Matter movement. Right. That's nice. 
That's yeah. great. I wonder who actually decided. I to wonder do that. who actually decided that too. You yeah. know, I wonder what executive said. This mm-hmm. will look good for your image, <laughs> right. right? Are they capitalizing on a real social issue that's happening right now? And then you know, you also have simultaneously other people, other artists here in Korea who tried to speak up about Black Lives Matter and getting their Instagrams canceled. Mm-hmm. You know, by their agencies. It says a whole lot about how how much korea loves black culture how much they love hip-hop how much they love all of these these things that came out of a time of unrest um in cities like new york city or on the west coast or in the south and yet still today they can't love the people who created all of that mm-hmm. And I hope with the Black Lives Matter, will that, I don't know, shed more spotlight on that hypocrisy? <sighs> That's, you know, it's yeah. not a question of yes or no. It's right. just something I hope for. Yeah, I hope so too. I mean, without, without, let's, let's put it like this, without black culture and again, disclaimer there isn't one black culture but i hope you guys can catch the heart of what i'm saying without black culture Mm -hmm. there wouldn't be in my opinion uh korean pop culture or as we know it today as we know it today i mean maybe it would have developed in some other way eventually you know but um yeah but especially as we see it in modern times in the recent like last past decade uh the way that hip-hop here has uh developed in the way artists have developed into like their own hip-hop personalities there would be none of that without my people Mm. you know what i mean and without them really being the uh trendsetters and Mm. the originators with that being said i think right now not only the united states but the world is having to face uh i guess the reality of dealing with a a situation that black people have had to face for hundreds of years really and not only in america but here in korea just i mean all across the world in confronting their own maybe stereotypes or confronting what they've always thought to be uh black people Mm. and really seeing if they're going to rise up and come to the defense of black people and when i say defense i don't mean like just defending them but really standing up for equality standing Mm -hmm. up for what they know is right when it comes to Mm -hmm. the human rights issue and i know we come on really strong in some points here and this is not to say that like oh if you love k-pop then you don't understand real hip-hop this is not by any means what we're saying and we know for a fact we've seen in the news like some k-poppers you guys have really used your influence online to did you see what they did they they stole like it was like all lives matter you know Mm -hmm. the hashtag that was also trending instead of black lives matter Mm -hmm. k-poppers apparently like I don't know who who started it. They started hashtagging all lives matter, but just on like memes yeah. and ridiculous things. I think that's no. They so they, funny. they stole uh, the hashtag uh, whiteout Wednesday, which was like supposed to be in opposition of Blackout Tuesday. Oh, okay. 
and so and it was all k-pop memes that's so funny. i was so confused that whole day actually yeah. i was like is this a joke is this like it offensive? is a joke i don't know if i should yeah. be offended but i get what they were doing yeah. i didn't know until the day after i i, but love it, that. I mean that's awesome like i think the k-pop community you guys um, have power like some of them are the most passionate yeah like, super some of y'all are crazy but like also <laughs> you guys are uh -huh. very like you guys band together mm. and stand for what you feel is right and i respect that mm. so it's a very strong community and i mean they're in they're in the millions and millions at this point yeah yeah but coming back to the issue of um i guess black lives matter yeah this is this this will be a trying time to see specifically if the people who are profiting and taking or let's just say borrowing or imitating from black culture or hip-hop culture if they're going to rise up and actually say something come yeah. to the defense of or really just stand for again uh black lives yeah and i mean i i, I get i guess the the issues of you know if you're with an agency or, or whatever you gotta like be politically correct or, or whatever but at the end of the day i think we'll see who's going to really be able to uh, i guess stand up for what's right especially in the hip-hop community this is not a political issue or an it's economical not. issue this is a human issue and if there's anything that equalizes all of us it's just our sheer humanity mm -hmm. nobody is going to you know live eternity on this planet we are all gonna die someday right and i think when you face that reality that we are all mortal beings here on this planet together mm -hmm. once you've really hit that foundational truth about us as humans then there's no way you can place one above the other right and so it doesn't matter how fancy you are it doesn't matter how much money you have or how many albums you've sold Mm -hmm. You have to recognize the humanity in every person, and especially if you have been inspired by certain people or there's certain cultures that you really love or you feel like, wow, this really speaks to me. I think more than ever, you, you should want to protect the people who have created that. Mm -hmm. Very well put. I mean, you put it better than I did, honestly. <laughs> I just felt like it welled up inside of me. No, I mean, that's, yeah. that's a very good point. Um, you know, I'm I'm hoping that we will see the true colors of people and mm. I'm hoping those colors will be the pretty colors, not the nasty. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. Uh-huh. I you know, I just Yeah. I don't know. And I don't want to come across like I'm against Korean hip hop because I'm not. I In I, fact you love Korean hip hop. <laughs> I do, you honestly. Know, who can lie here? Right. I mean, again, there's certain people I'm like, you need to sit down. Yeah. And reevaluate reevaluate yourself. <laughs> but for the most part, I understand it. I get it. It's and I think some of the Korean hip hop music, like it's it's really good. You can't lie. They have no, definitely taken it and put it a twist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they did make it like their own. Um, but what I would like to see now, moving forward, and I'd like to hear your thoughts as well, is in the Korean hip hop culture, or even in the K pop culture, because there are hip hop elements all throughout K pop. I would like to see a much I would like to see a progression of cultural awareness when mm. it comes to hip hop culture mm. and understanding the origins of where it came from and what the subject matters are or what the message of hip hop is, mm. you know what I mean? Mm -mm -mm. Or the different messages I should say. And respecting the people who are behind hip hop, you know what I mean? So 
you know, I oftentimes, um, I wouldn't say oftentimes, but here and there I'll get in a conversation most recently with Jay. Jay keeps coming up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but I remember we were talking, it might've been that same conversation where, um, you know, it is my opinion. And again, this is where I feel like hip hop is a little different, but with hip hop, I feel like most people in hip hop are willing to share the culture of hip hop with others that may not be like themselves. Hmm. Okay. So I feel like if there is a level of respect and honor from the person who is quote unquote outside of the hip hop circle or someone who is not part of the originating like crew or descendants of the originators, so to speak, I feel like as long as there's respect and they pay homage to, Hmm. Um, I think there isn't an issue with taking part in the culture from the outside. I think it's a beautiful thing when hip hop can share the culture with others and others can take it and even make it their own or express themselves in a certain way. I think that's great and I think it's beautiful. But I think that whoever is taking or barring or imitating hip hop or just immersing themselves in hip-hop they need to pay respects to where hip-hop came from and they need to understand that so i think that's what i would like to see i don't know about you but i have no disagreements with that yeah and that would be that would be a beautiful thing that and, would know, be a beautiful i think thing. there are certain you know there are certain people who are in hip-hop koreans who i feel like pay homage to um I guess hip hop culture and they respect it. And that's why they're a welcome guest mm. in hip hop. All right, so hopefully you guys can catch where we're coming from. And again, it's our opinion, but uh, yeah, I think it's a worthwhile discussion to be had, especially during these times. Yes. So with that said, we have some listener mail and I think it's gonna be a very valuable one today. And I'm gonna toss it over to you. So this was uh, an email that came in from a guy named Rick Allen, and he titled it Protests Through the Eyes of a Black Korean. And this is what he said. This is what Rick wrote. I've been filled with an array of feelings over the past weeks. Most of the racism I've knowingly experienced in my life has been centered on my black half, so it doesn't take much for me to identify with the victims of racism. Since the protests began, I felt an unexpected gratitude for protesters. There have been protests in the recent past for the unjustified deaths of black people, but this moment feels different. The manner in which allies have taken a stand for us has surprised me. It doesn't feel like it's just talk anymore. People are putting their health at risk in the streets, giving their money in an uncertain economic time, and encouraging others to do the same to a degree that I previously thought was impossible. I'm so thankful that people of all walks of life care so much and are motivated to help. It has made me believe that people who are prejudiced might start to see the light. It's hard to be overseas at a time in which I want my voice to be heard. I want to be there alongside my family, friends, and allies, but instead I am reading what happened overnight when I wake up in the morning. I'm assuming Rick is here in Korea. It hasn't been easy to feel so disconnected, but these are the cards I've been dealt. Sure, it's safer to be here, both away from protests and not interacting with police in America, but this is one time when I feel like I should be home. On a daily basis, I want to scream in anger, cry from sadness, and hug the people fighting for us. I'd like to think the playing field is starting to tilt, but the fight is obviously still far from over. He didn't even sign his name. He just like left it there. Rick, thank you so much for sharing that um, very honest insight. 
to how you're feeling during this time. I can't even imagine. This must just scratch the surface of just what is inside you. But thank you for trying to explain it to people who might not feel the way that you feel. And uh, I would say, I guess safely speaking for both of us, we both are on the same page. Yeah. 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 And I feel you, man. Uh, I feel the same way being over here. And I feel a little... I guess I tend to feel a little more helpless. Mm. You know, I feel like I, I'm not there on the front lines. But uh, yeah, I think we just have to do what we can from where we are mm-hmm. and use our voice, our influence in any way that we can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thanks for writing in, Rick. That was uh, a great email. And for anyone else who wants to write into us, you can always get in touch at thehappyproject at gmail.com. Do you want to like wrap up or you want me to wrap up? Okay, I'll do it. Uh, Thank you guys for tuning in this episode. Let us know what you thought. If you're watching on YouTube, you can leave comments below the video. If you're listening via podcast, you can always send us a message via Instagram at The Happy Project or an email at thehappyproject at gmail.com. And uh, get in touch. We want to hear your story. Subscribe anywhere you listen to this podcast. Goodbye, Cedric. I'll see you after this episode in a few minutes (laughs) (laughs) i'll see you uh right after this and thanks for listening we are the happy project welcome to the studio this is the place i've got the microphone of clarity culture and race we're talking topics of disparity serious hilarity we travel every continent to comment on the content of the cases the people the current situations we rendezvous with those who know the history of their nations it's messy there are those who will object so leave your story get informed and listen to the happy project oh snap